Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include my interview with in-center appraisal management, President Mark Walzer, on evolution and innovation in the appraisal space, and what the Fed's persistent hawk talk is doing to mortgage prices. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer and mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Vision is an out-of-the-box business intelligence solution that gives mortgage lenders the actionable insights they need to run their businesses more purposefully and profitably. Featuring visually interactive dashboards, scorecards, and reports, Nexus Vision improves visibility and increases productivity. Learn more at simplenexus.com. Does evolution lead to success? Major League Baseball is banking that instituting a pitch clock and banning defensive shifts starting next year will lead towards shorter games and more fan interest. MLB will also increase base sizes by 3 inches to reduce injuries and increase stolen base attempts. The league must be envious of the continued success of the NFL, which kicked off its regular season this past weekend. Television viewership for the NFL in 2021 was its strongest in six years, even as most television programming around it craters in popularity. Last year, television networks committed about $110 billion for the rights to show the NFL for the next decade, putting the league on track to meet Commissioner Roger Goodell's goal of earning $25 billion in revenue annually in 2027. Mortgage companies are also looking to evolve to increase revenue. Expanded product offerings, cutting overhead, automating processes, and advancing tech stacks are just some solutions being explored by executives as high mortgage rates crimp borrower demand. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back onto the show Mark Walzer, President at InCenter Appraisal Management. He's an experienced business development and sales executive with a strong background in financial and settlement services, sales, and objectives. He's worked in the appraisal management and title services industry since 2008 and has enjoyed a high degree of success creating partnerships with lenders and C-level mortgage industry personnel to become their trusted provider of appraisal and data services. So since we last talked, the market has shifted for lenders and doubtless for appraisers. What are you seeing the latest talk on the street to be? And have you seen average turn times change from their pandemic highs? Like what, what can lenders expect when ordering a traditional appraisal? Yeah, I think uh, it's a, it, uh, one of some of the great news here is that there's improvement in that process, of course. So the lower volume has uh, increased appraiser performance. We, in particular at Incenter, have a lot of appraisers calling us on a daily and weekly basis, asking for writing for for uh, for work. Uh, so we've been able to take those appraisers that are showing that interest and really leverage uh, very fast turn times overall for our clients. What I'm seeing in our trending is that we have dropped from an average of eight and a half days uh, to complete a regular, you know, in-town sort of non-complex appraisal report in most states. Uh, during the height or the worst of the pandemic. And we have gone down to now about 6.3 days average across the entire country, which is a really, really great performance overall. And I think it reflects the market that we're in. So this is certainly um, the, the probably the top, the, the top thing that lenders wanted to see uh, improve, and it has improved. Uh, and then the second thing also is that appraisers are more willing to do work that they traditionally might not have otherwise, uh, uh, you know, tried tried to take or accepted. A really good example of that is that we're seeing heightened interest 
in our remote Val desktop products, as well as some of the digital or more alternative appraisals that are coming out. Appraisers that kind of quote unquote, didn't have time to do them during the last two and a half years are now really embracing it and coming to us and saying, how can I get in and do that? And I think they're seeing this as a time to re reassess how they do, how they do business and what types of reports they can expand the repertoire to cover. Well, I guess that is one nice silver lining of lower volumes is that it, it is uh, decreasing those turn times because we had previously talked about an appraiser shortage. It seems like that's less of less of the case currently. But do you see changes there in terms of numbers of appraisers or, or what can lenders expect will happen with the industry if the mortgage volume recovers in the next 12 months? And you know, should we be worried about a return to the hard conditions of last year with appraisals? And uh, if so, I guess, how, how do lenders insulate themselves? A lot of questions there for you. Yeah, that's that's all all the same theme. Appreciate that question. So yes, the appraisal shortage is still there, right? I mean, we still have the the same kind of numbers we shared last time with, you know, roughly forty thousand plus appraisers doing all of GSE volume, uh, you know, in the twenty twenty one timeframe, and those numbers are are still there. We're probably expecting somewhere on the order of, depending on who you talk to, four to seven thousand retirements over the next year to year and a half as the average appraiser age is still 60 and and uh, there are a number of them that are looking to slow down. However, the, the nice part about this time is that lenders can build into the new processes. So I mentioned remote Val before, there's obviously hybrids and desktops. We now have, you know, the, the new, the, the new PDR and PDC inspections that are, are coming out for, for waivers on the Fannie and Freddie side. So you, you want to, if, if you're a lender, really embrace these new types of appraisal types now while the getting is good. Because, yeah, if we have another recovery or shock, uh, you know, to the appraisal volume that occurs when we have even a little bit of recovery on the mortgage side, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have even less appraisers than we did in 2021 or 2020. They're going to be just as busy, if not busier. And you're going to return on the traditional appraisal process right back to the same levels of pain that we were all experiencing in the last couple of years. So it is uh, the smartest thing that a lender can do right now is to embrace desktop appraisal, work with vendors that actually can turnkey it, send as many of those orders as you get approvals for to those vendors. And the same thing is true of the upcoming PDR and PDCs, right? As the waivers come out, get good at them, order them actually put policy in place to try them to understand the risk and understand how you can use those those modernized appraisal processes because if you're good at them and you've created panels of amcs and appraisers that can manage those then you're going to have less problems and you'll be more insulated when the 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 mortgage volume returns you're going to have appraisers who still can turn around a four or five day appraisal uh, without needing to necessarily drive to a property, for example, right? That's the that's the whole idea of modernization, and that is what lenders need to invest in now while the down cycle is here. A lot of lenders, I think, sometimes pull back, and understandably so, but uh, this is the time, at least on this topic, to not pull back but to press in. Yeah, I want to talk about the appraiser, uh, average appraiser age for a minute and kind of new blood because the mortgage industry in general is in need of new blood. You know, becoming an appraiser isn't necessarily front of mind for millennials. It's, it doesn't seem like an incredibly popular job in that way. And, and we're experiencing those retirements that you talked about of older appraisers. Do things become more, in your opinion, do things become more automated? And so fewer appraisers can do more appraisals or 
how do, how do we get more young blood in if that's not going to be the case? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so there's uh, two topics you brought up there. The first is, yes, I do think appraisers will be able to do more with automation, um, whether it is using the hybrid process or whether it is using the desktop process. Um, and that is a learning that appraisers are, are doing now and getting better at. More and more appraisers are doing them. So when appraisers realize they don't need to spend, you know, necessarily spend five and a half, six hours a day driving around to every single property. It's not, we're not talking about total elimination, right, of, of appraisers driving to properties here. Uh, there are properties they do need to physically inspect. It's just, there's also a lot of properties that they kind of don't need to drive to. They, they understand the area. There's a lot of comps. They've been in and out of that neighborhood many times in the last, you know, weeks or months. They know those comps, they know the area. They just need to look at the condition of the property. So there, you know, use a virtual inspection. Um, you know, use a PDR report, pair that up with using a virtual inspection, don't have to drive there, make sure the property is still standing, that it looks like the MLS pictures that, you know, all the appliances function and everything else that you can do with a, a virtual inspection. And then you can get that appraisal done without having to get in the car and drive. That's going to extend how many reports you can do on a daily or weekly basis, and it's going to shorten the turn times for everybody. So I think that message is now really hitting home in the appraiser community, and that's a good thing. To address your other question regarding the volume of appraisers, one of the positives I can tell you from some of our partners in the education space for appraisals, uh, these, are the, these are the firms that that you know appraisers take their continuing education classes with, they're tracking higher numbers of trainees than ever. Uh, the past two years actually have been really, really great. We've had more trainees coming in in the past two years than in, than any other time in the last 10. So that's really great news for the industry. And we also have the rise of a new kind of appraisal firm, which we at Incenter are working a lot with these types of firms. But these are, I like to call them supervisor trainee appraiser firms, that, where you actually have three or four really experienced certified appraisers who get together in a city and they hire like 12 to 15 trainees get them in. They're all working as a company. They have those trainees going out throughout the community, doing really fast inspections overseen by those appraisers. Those appraisers work on the reports. They work with the trainees and they're really training up uh, the next generation. And we're seeing this, this type of firm rise uh, right now in our industry. And that's really exciting stuff. So those firms, just to give you some, some uh, perspective, Robbie, on, on the performance we've been getting, they were turning five-day turn times for us on traditional appraisals, even in the worst of the of the last two years. And now looking at the current situation, most of these firms are delivering full appraisals to us in three to four days. And they're doing it come hell or high water with any type of, of conditions. They're able to do it. And they're able to do it on a, a variety of reports too, not just forward mortgage appraisals. But as you can tell, I'm really excited. They're doing this on fix and flip and investment appraisals. Uh, it's really, really fun to see the rise of this type of new young blood in our industry and what it is doing to help accelerate the process. So that is an exciting development that I can give some hope to lenders for to say there are a lot of new entrants in the game, not just the technology, but as, a, as, as lenders, again, you know, lenders have to make policy changes that are going to allow them to utilize those firms. So a lot of lenders have already made the switch, for example, to say we're going to allow supervisor and trainee appraisers to be used on sub $1 million properties or, you know, in Fannie and Freddie policy, uh, which already allows it and and taking off some of the restrictions where, you know, we saw this in the past three to five years where some firms would say, 
It's a certified appraiser only. That's all I want. Well, when you do that, right, then you can't use trainees. You can't use licensed appraisers and you end up really shrinking your pool. But what we've seen both in practice as well as, you know, the GSEs have done studies on this as well, that these firms not only deliver fast, they do fantastic quality and they're as good or better than a standalone appraiser in most cases, just because you have two eyes on the property and the speed is there. So really excited about that. And I would encourage lenders to take advantage of that with both their AMCs as well as their appraiser panels. Look for and seek those new appraisers, supervisor trainee firms that are that are here uh, in the market. I don't want to completely gloss over the technological developments that are going on. So what are the top one or two technological changes in the real estate mortgage lending industry that will pa- will impact appraisals in the next few years? And let's talk about InCenter specifically. How how's InCenter bringing solutions for lenders to prepare for that? Yeah, great question. Well, I think you know we the we've been hearing a lot about the property data collection piece with PDR and PDC. So I think that's going to be a very pivotal change on the Fannie and Freddie side. Um, that's going to allow uh, you know uh, faster collection of data. And that data will be able to be used by appraisers uh, in the process. So Incenter is standing up uh, its own PDR and PDC processes, our own you know, networks of inspectors will be able to uh, provide those solutions for lenders in addition to the desktop and, and appraisal technology that we've previously spoken about, remote VAL and, and technologies like it will become uh, the norm over the next few years. Uh, and probably in many cases, in many areas, the majority of appraisals will be done that way through virtual appraisal process and virtual inspection. So th- those are exciting. And, and obviously, we have brought solutions for both. The other thing that I think lenders uh, need to also be aware of on the real estate side. So on the real estate side, the increasing and adopting use of blockchain to uh, apply that into the real estate process, to take the process of listings and turn them into uh, NFTs on the blockchain, that's going to completely transform the way that listings are done on the real estate side of the industry. Um, NAR and its portfolio companies such as Consortia are working on those initiatives right now and actually doing this. And I think lenders need to be prepared uh, in the mortgage process to for the blockchain and to use this new type of listing that is going to, in my view, eventually become the norm for the entire industry, right? It's using listings that have certified data in them and being able to say, when a listing comes into into the MLS, it may have on it assets that, that I can use. Things like title due diligence, things like appraisal assets, things like home inspections, right? That are all built into that data. And lenders need to be prepared to say, instead of going and doing all of these processes after the fact and taking three to five weeks to do them, I have to recognize that these these data points might already be here in a listing and we need to be prepared to use them to close a loan because that's going to really impact speed of transaction and it's going to impact uh, accessibility to, to mortgage loans for a lot of underserved rural borrowers. So look at the blockchain, start, start looking at what's, what NAR and other, other companies are doing there and really be prepared for that. On the appraisal side, Incenter is definitely uh, there. We are uh, participating. I mentioned a company called Consortia previously, uh, which you know may be worth a further discussion down the line, but uh, we are working with them to put title and appraisal assets into listings. Um, right now. And that's going to be a pivotal change that you'll see over the next two years in the process. 
At the start of that answer, you mentioned PDC or property data collection, and we've been hearing a lot about that. But many lenders are confused by it or don't fully understand it. Let's go into detail a little bit here. Can you take a minute to explain it? in layman's terms to our audience and describe what lenders need to do. Yeah, absolutely. So PDR and PDC are simply a property data collection. PDR is Freddie Mac's flavor of it, uh, which is already out in policy and, and being used. And uh, the PDC coming down the pike here is Fannie Mae's version of it. Essentially, what you have is you're going to have a non-appraiser inspector physically inspecting the property. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing to understand. It's a physical inspection. It's done by someone who's going to go out there and is not an appraiser. So we're not getting a value here. They're simply going through and they're capturing all the data about the property they can. So primarily that's going to be photos uh, that are time stamped and geo stamped floor plan, uh, you know, for the appraiser uh, uh, process and purpose, it scans and measurements. And then you're also going to have a bunch of question and answers regarding materials and conditions of the property. You know, for example, what kind of countertops does it have in the kitchen? Their granite, their tile, their whatever. And what kind of condition is that? Is that in right based on on the observation of the inspector? Is it good, fair, poor? That sort of thing. And you're going to have these uh, these data points for literally every room and pro- and, uh, and and part of the house that that you collect in this in this process. So once you have that. Uh, you then send that data back into you know the the, the lender, and they're going to use that uh, on waivers as they do now. There will also be scenarios potentially in the future where these get uh, sent in for appraisers to use too. So it's really just a matter of, uh, of an inspection. It's not any old person can do it. Uh, so you do need to have vendors that can deliver the PDR and PDC inspection for you. But on top of that, you just just really understanding that this is really where the the evolution of the data that's being collected by the GSEs is going. And, uh, you know, not to be not to be afraid of it or challenged by it, but simply, again, another thing to step into. It's it's a pretty simple process, uh, just making sure that you have vendors that can actually deliver those. Well said, Mark, as always, appreciate having you on. Thanks for making the time. Yes, thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it. The bond market continued its recent sell-off on Friday, further pushing rates upward as the likelihood of an economic downturn increases. Fed Governor Waller said that the Fed funds rate range may have to be raised well above 4% if inflation accelerates before year's end. The Labor Department will release inflation figures for last month tomorrow. Kansas City President George said that the strong economy gives the Fed room to raise rates and that she would like to see a soft landing, though the actual path could be more difficult. Fed Chair Powell said the U.S. Central Bank won't flinch in its inflation battle, hardening expectations of a third straight jumbo rate hike. Last week wasn't heavy as far as economic data was concerned. The ISM Services PMI increased 59.9 in August as business production and new orders increased. This was in contradiction to the S&P Global Services PMI, which reported rapid contraction in the services industry. Meanwhile, the trade deficit narrowed as exports were at a record $259.3 billion However, a continually strong dollar and worsening conditions in Europe and China could reverse those gains. Both the European and Canadian central banks increased their key policy rates by 75 basis points, and the markets have priced in a 91% probability of the Fed moving by 75 basis points following its September 21st meeting. Mortgage rates continue to push higher as the market expectations for a prolonged higher rate environment increase. 
This week's calendar is busy with first-tier data, which will impact future monetary policy decisions as well as supply, with the mini-refunding today and tomorrow. The mini-refunding includes $41 billion of three-year and $32 billion reopened 10-year notes auctioned today, before $18 billion reopened 30-year bonds are auctioned tomorrow. Of particular importance in terms of data are CPI and PPI on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively, with retail sales on Thursday and Michigan sentiment on Friday. FedSpeak will be light, with the Fed heading into their blackout period ahead of its September meeting. And besides today's Class A 48 hours, with Class B 48 hours on Thursday and Class C net out on Friday, the New York Fed will conduct their last two MBS purchase operations for the foreseeable future, when they purchase up to $754 million of UMBS 30, 4% through 5% today, and $387 million of Gini 2, 4% through 5% on Wednesday. We begin the week with agency MBS prices better by an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 3.27% after closing last week at 3.32%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Ever since I was a child, I've had a fear of someone under my bed at night. So I went to a shrink and told him, I've got problems. Every time I go to bed, I think there's somebody under it. I'm scared. I think I'm going crazy. Just put yourself in my hands for one year, said the shrink. Come talk to me three times a week, and we should be able to get rid of those fears. So I asked him how much he charged. $150 per visit, replied the doctor. I'll sleep on it, I said. And six months later, I actually saw the doctor in the street. Why didn't you come to see me about those fears you were having, he asked. So I replied, well, $150 a visit, three times a week for a year is $23,400. A bartender cured me for $10. I was so happy to have saved all that money that I went and bought a new pickup truck. Is that so? The shrink said with a bit of an attitude. And how, may I ask, did the bartender cure you? He told me to cut the legs off the bed. Ain't nobody under there now. (laughs) That's why it's always good to get a second opinion. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.